You now tuned into the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Get this cake up. Get this cake up. Only thing I care about is switching. Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D Ray Brinson. And you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by the SonicBreakdown.com. So head over to the SonicBreakdown.com and check out our reviews, articles, and uh, you can also listen to the podcast through the SonicBreakdown.com as well. So let's get right into it. And today is going to be another part or another part of the series of our Jay-Z footnotes from the title videos that he presented for his album 444. And today's topic or today's section is going to be specifically covering the footnotes for Many Faced God. And we have two special guests that's going to help uh, kind of round this conversation out and this discussion out. And we have Spencer. How's it going? And we have Reddy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me back once again. So I want to say, first of all, thank you guys for coming. And I know we're going to have a great discussion. Uh, but let's get right into what this discussion is about. It's, again, it's titled The Moral Dilemma. And by watching the video of the, the Many-Faced Gods, it took me to this idea of the moral dilemma. And my interpretation of the just the title itself of Many-Faced Gods and what it felt like that video was saying was, as men, there's many layers to us. It seems in society's standpoint, they kind of subjugate us to uh, a very limited range of emotions, thoughts, and feelings. And uh, I felt like this video was expanding upon that and saying that, you know, we're deeper than just those emotions. So let's begin with um, just masculinity and expressing emotions. Like, how do you feel? Because what I took from the video is that, and, and how I feel in society is that as men, we have to be hard, we have to be tough, and that's it have to be strong and that's it right do you feel that's one do you feel that's accurate representation and two do you feel like that should be how masculinity and men expressing their emotions should be i think it started off or a lot of that started off as a like a survival instinct and mechanism and then as society changed and things got uh improved and, and upgraded and things of that nature and, and society began to evolve the same attitude was still carried over but in now at this point now it's usually at a detriment because it's not it's not needed in the same way we're not in a hunter-gatherer society you know we're past that we're in you know industrial you know civilized you know position so in some ways the way it's manifested is you know is you know is bad so you'll have things where it goes past being competitive and it's just kind of overall aggression. So, and the problem with overall aggression is, especially that's, you know, um, done towards women or done to, you know, or other, uh, really anyone, uh, you know, there's, there's usually uh, consequences to that. There's always consequences. So in many cases, the idea of what quote unquote makes a man is kind of a very skewed version um, that's kind of built on like, you know, these stereotypes that, you know, was of being, you know, very aggressive, you know, being very strong in the traditional physical sense, um, not showing emotion because the idea of showing emotion is a weakness. Like all those things essentially to, you know, kind of reinforce what makes a man, but it's also the same, same type of things that people would attribute to being, say, you know, a warrior, you know, or a soldier, you know, and that's really, I think what the problem is where the line kind of needs to be drawn in some cases because it's not cutting yourself off from emotion in every situation is is going to be detrimental to you because that, I mean that affects how you make your decision making, that affects how you approach other people. You know, there's there's a lot of complications to that. So, 
But I, I think you made um, two different points that I want to point out. Was one the I, I don't believe masculinity. I, I think people we, we, we confuse masculinity and testosterone, mm. which are two you know similar things but different things. When we think of masculinity, a lot of times people, like you said, think of this aggression. Think about this this overwhelm. I need to be strong. I got to be powerful. But that's more on the testosterone kicking in. That's those hormones that making you want to do above and beyond. But when I think of masculinity, I, I think about the kind of, like you said, the prehistoric concept of the warrior, which is you don't cut off your emotions, but you just only show the emotions that need to be had, which mm -hmm. is usually the ones that would be beneficial when you are potentially trying to kill something, like rage, anger, drive, determination, straight passion. Those particular emotions are the emotions that, for a man, it's good to show he's passionate. Look at that young black man. He's passionate. You hear stuff like that all the time. or you know, No, you don't hear that. Well, in, in our community, I'm talking now, about in the communities of color, you hear that when we talk about our people. But and when I it just, comes to the other side, no. I just want to touch on that real quick of, of that statement. And the reason why I said that is because um, a perfect example of that is with Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith, mm. they call him Screaming Stephen. But if you take Mad Dog Russo who's also on a radio, he's yelling and screaming and doing the same thing, but he's considered passionate, where Stephen A. is considered screaming and aggressive. Right. So but I, I, I just wanted to throw that in as in because society does view black, blacks and other colors. There different. is a racial divide between what is considered passionate and what's considered aggressive. But continue reading. Okay, let me preface myself in the matter of I, <laughs> when I was saying that, I was saying that predominantly in the black community talking about the black community. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, when we start putting in the those views of masculinity and males and a good example that i'm kind of glad you brought that up is uh because my, my my co-worker uh, my actual boss he's a gay black man he's in a position of a director and he's the only black man in the whole entire of all the directors period and so his masculinity kind of get got tested because the other white gay directors which is all the rest of the directors kind of thought that since he was gay he was going to have a certain level of unison thought but when he came in he still showed that his blackness with his masculinity still comes together where I'm not going to just fall in line. I'm not going to be a bitch and get underneath you because I'm still a strong black man. Mm -hmm. I may be gay, but I'm still going to do my own thing. So when he speaks out in passion against you doing something negative against the black community, the funny thing is he got written up for being an angry black man. But then one of his other co-workers that had the same kind of concept of how it was to be a, a gay black, a white, a white man, he got praised about saying that he was bringing up valid issues and that it was something that needed to be done. His his concept was enduring. Everyone was with it. Everyone was like on his back. But then with my boss, is more of, oh, and they literally said in the write-up, you're, you're giving off characteristics of an angry black man. And literally he wasn't wow. yelling. He wasn't shouting. He was just, he had his chest popped up because he was passionate about what he was talking about. It was about his issues, about his people. And when we go back to that concept of masculinity, We've always been taught as black men, black people of color, to show your pride, but not too much. Show, show that you're a man, but you know, pull it back so no one, no one thinks you're a thug. Because when it comes to masculinity in the black community, we always get thought of as, oh yeah, he must be a gangster, he must be a thug, he must be some kind of violent person, when we show the moniker of passion. So yeah, I right. do have to agree with you in that part, D-Ray, because that part does change the way masculinity <clears throat> is seen in society. But also when we see testosterone, I think that's the other part that they push upon people of color where they want us to play sports. And when we play sports, they almost breed you to be aggressive. They, they, they want you to be in someone's face because you have to have that passion to play the game. So it breeds certain mentalities where it's more the uh, survival of the fittest of the stronger ones, not the smarter ones, though. That a lot of times we'll get to these um, higher echelons of power because it's easier to control somebody that doesn't have the same level of 
overall awareness of themselves and huh? intellect. Intellect, yeah, overall awareness of themselves and intellect of the community. So we see that a lot when we look at our sports players. But then when you start to see those ones, out, and I will, I'm gonna play this one time, Colin Kaepernick, where he's an intelligent black man and he doesn't, he's not gonna fall into the, the mentor show of you mm. controlling me because I am a man. Back, you know, I'm a grown man and I'm gonna show you what I believe despite what may happen to everything else. So it's just that different viewpoint when we see what men is and what masculinity is and then that difference between testosterone and masculinity to me. I think that's the difference with testosterone in regards to aggression versus having uh, determination and confidence. And mm-hmm. I think that's the qualities that Colin Kaepernick imbues the most is the fact that he has been sticking to his point and Perfectly. And, and has been able, not even just sticking to it, but been able to articulate it mm-hmm. and then um, show up in a lot of other ways outside of just talking. So backing up all of his, his actions. And well. I love that yeah. because as Trump attacked him, you know, attacked his, 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 everything about who he was as a man, he didn't feed into that, that, that BS. He was like, you know what? You go ahead and attack me. I'm going to go help this nonprofit. And I'm just kept doing the work. Community study. He yep. did the work. And that's the embodiment of when I think masculinity would have evolved what it should have evolved into instead right. of the more aggressive angry thug or gangster type but more of i have value and i want to give it back to my community to raise the next group of young men right so my question to both of you then is if you had to redefine what it is to be a man what would your definition of that be taking out society's views taking out taking out everything and you only can do that to a certain extent because it always is going to have an impression on you but as best you can and um, I can go first while you guys um, ponder it. For me, what I consider the definition of if, if somebody were to say, how can you tell person B, who's who's a, a man or, or a male person, how, how would the, if you were to say, D-Ray, how do you say he's a man versus he's not a man? My definition of what would make him a man is, one, having an understanding of who you are, regardless of what society sees you as. Have an identity of yourself. Because to me, I don't think you can be a man if you don't know who you are. If you're still searching for who you are, you can't be the man you're supposed to be because you're finding that person. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's part of my definition is one. So understanding who you are, being okay with who you are, and then understanding what you value as important and sticking to that that idea that believes those principles. And, And when I say that, I also want to preface that by saying I don't mean blindly staying by it. When new information comes in, your opinion should change. Right. If the new information is valid to changing that opinion. Mm-hmm. So that also, to me, makes you a man, as well as admitting when you're wrong. Understanding and admitting when you're wrong. And I think those are things. And now those qualities that I said, I think, you know, it's very multi-layered. But I also think some of those qualities that I mentioned in there does not specifically just stick to being a man. It can also be being to a better person or whatever. But I think you have to have those qualities for me, to be defined as a man. And I'm not talking about just male, not just chromosomes. I'm, not, I'm talking about actually embodying the idea of being a man. That's on the fly, <laughs> quick. Uh, okay. But that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. So what do you let guys me, think? Let me p- piggyback off that. Uh, because I, I do like a lot of the points you brought up, and I think something that could be added to that is <clears throat> learning to accept responsibility mm. And understanding when things are greater than yourself. I think that is something that is also a quality of, of a man. Is under, understanding I may not be the main character of the, my own story, to put it in a different, in a different space. So, or understanding when 
when is the time to follow versus when is the time definitely. to lead. That's perfect. I, I definitely agree with that because mm-hmm. I I do think, to, to piggyback off of your point as well, is that part of being a man or, or my definition of man and my definition is going to be different than everybody else's and is different than Spencer's and different than Reddy's, I assume. But hopefully we can come up and, and like I said, like you adding that, I think that's a great point as well. But I think that also goes into just being a leader. And I think part of being a man is being a leader and part of being a leader is exactly as you put it. A leader has to know when to follow and when to lead because I don't care who you are. I don't care what space you're in. You don't know it all. You will never know it all. You might know more than the, the person next to you, but that doesn't mean the next person you meet might not more than you. And so therefore in that situation, you're going to need to follow to learn something and gain information. Um, so I, I do think that's very, very valid and important because I, and I think it also touches on of admitting you're wrong is, is about seeing past yourself. Right. I think that's yeah. more like the underlying is seeing past yourself and being able to have that that um, separation and saying, you know, let me take myself out of this and see how it, how, how the bigger picture is looking. I think those are a, a, another valid point. And to me, that kind of brings me to the qualities um, that I say is one of the main aspects of being a man that we kind of everybody's been hitting on is, is wisdom. And, 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 and wisdom is different from knowledge because knowledge right. just means you study this and you learn this. Wisdom is lived experience. Mm-hmm. This means that you, your year, your two years, your 20s, whatever amount of time you, you've lived, you've experienced so many things that has made you wise in certain areas. And when you, when you truly have wisdom, one of the things about being a man is to truly impart that onto the next per- person. It may be your kids, it could be your family, it could be friends. Just making sure that even if they don't listen or even if they're, they're not ready to take the information, you still gave it to somebody. So when the time comes, they at least have the knowledge because they learn from you. They may not have the wisdom yet, but they have the knowledge of what you said to change maybe their opinions and or to help mold their, their choices. We, the, the primary saying that, I mean, we've all heard it before, if you don't learn from your past, you're doomed to repeat it. And your past is your ancestors, your, your, your people that came before you. So being a real man can take in wisdom and understand it as wisdom doesn't mean you have to change everything about yourself, doesn't even mean you have to change. But like uh, D-Ray said before, when you get new information, you have to be wise enough to be able to take that into yourself and adapt it to whatever you need. Right. And sometimes it, almost your point, is taking your own advice. Yep. Taking your own advice and being able to trust yourself enough to take your own advice. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because if if you're not really, if you don't have confidence in yourself in a lot of cases, then you're always going to be seeking like that outside help and outside validation. Mm -hmm. When a lot of times that may not necessarily be what you actually need. So you're looking for someone else to solve an issue for you. I think... Uh, one other quality I'd add to this list is it's kind of like the tightrope walk of being independent but understanding when to ask for help. Yeah. So being able to do things on your own, being able to see success to a degree on your own, but also understand, hey, and you know, someone else may need to step in, can you help me with this? And understanding understanding that. So it's not having someone else come in and do everything for you. It's you starting on something, working on something, realizing that you're lacking in whatever area, and then asking someone else to you to come and step in and assist you so that you can still achieve your your own goal or mm-hmm. whatever you were doing. I think that that really speaks to to being a man, coming you know, understanding where your faults are at and being able to work towards something else still around that. So yeah. being self sufficient until you get to a point where you can't be self sufficient and you are like as you said, wise enough to say. Can you help me with this? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I think that's very big. 
Hey world, we wanted to take a quick break from this episode to remind my woke folks about a friend slash a family of the podcast, Andrea, who has her own podcast. She has a great podcast to check out called Unsupervised Adulting. If you haven't given it a listen, go right after this episode of on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud to do so. If you have heard it, then you're already ahead of the game, but you can leave her a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot. Andrea is a funny person who definitely gives truthful and interesting perspectives, as she says on previous Stay Woke podcast episodes, that she is trying to figure this life thing out. You can listen to Andrea on Unsupervised Adulting by clicking the link in the description or visiting her website. Now back to our scheduled program. One of the things I do want to touch on, going back to the Many Faced Gods video, um, was uh, the statement by Jesse Williams in the very, very beginning of when he was asking, this is going back to the conversation of what is a man when he was saying what does it mean to be a man in a relationship does it mean you have courage and if so what is the courage for Mm. if if it means being physically strong does it mean being a leader because and and he said it in here that you know the most physically strong people that he's met have been the weakest and we know through um, psychology that not in all again this is not i'm not generalizing everybody that works out or everybody that's a bodybuilder but people there are people that tend to work out heavy and focus very stringently on their physical appearance, um, making it physically strong to mask the insecurities that they have inside. It's kind of building armor around what you really can't build armor around. So I just want, I want you guys to touch, on, to touch a little bit on that, about the, the idea of society thinks that men have to be physically strong. You have to be strong in almost every aspect of, in, uh, of the word. How do you think that affects us? And how do you think that affects our idea of what we ourselves internally determine is as masculine there was a point that you said that i really want to go back to that oh, i thought was amazing um which was um the concept of being physically strong to hide your pain mm-hmm. and if we, if we go to you know there's more than one gender there's more than two genders i'm not going to go into that but if we go into a typical structure of male and female and everything in between but just male and female when we look at a male when they want to sh- when they want to hide their pain because we were told not to feel emotions we're not to show the emotion. So what we do, we find ways to get it out. And one of our primary coping mechanisms is always is to work out as hard as fucking possible. So you see this usually a lot of times in physically physically training where people are, when they get upset, when they start having problems at home and they, with a girlfriend, boyfriends, uh, friends and families, you see them like, I need to go hit something. So instead they go to the gym. And you see these people that are ridiculously physically strong. But because most of it was running away from their mental anguish or their emotional anguish, that their their mental stability is weak. And we, we see that a lot where we see guys snapping. Where it's he seemed like a regular dude one day and then someone just said something to him and he just went off. And we don't know why he was so angry, he was just so upset. It's just because he's been holding all those emotions in. He'd been he'd been not addressing them because he can't or he can't really like like the like the video said, he wasn't allowed to cry. Crying is too much weakness, and if you're a strong person, physically strong, you think you're mentally strong, which you're usually not. You can't cry. So when you keep that emotion in, it becomes it becomes a bomb. And when it blows up, your 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 mental just you go mental, and that that physical strength just hides that pain. We see this when we see a lot of guys when they go bulimic. They they work out so often that they get so skinny that their muscles start to deteriorate. We see it on the other atrophy. side. Yeah. yeah, atrophy. So we see that that's that the physical strength is what guys believe we need to be for everything. And the media portrays it. The dude with a great body is loved by all females. All guys want females to get at him. So it's just perpetuated in so many concepts that if you're not physically strong, it almost suggests that you're not a male. 
You know, and even touching on that, I, I wanted to bring up two things. One thing you mentioned in terms of people that are, you know, stressed out from other things in their life and using working out as, as a coping mechanism. It's actually in a lot of ways that is therapeutic in terms mm-hmm. of like, but I know, in particularly with like anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. yep. yeah. that's one of the things. Is just exercise helps that gets the right chemicals and yep. endorphins going. Get the endorphins going, exactly. gets all your blood flowing. Yeah, so it works in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But moderation, it's, yeah, it's moderation, moderation and understanding limits your limits to things. So it's if you're working out a specific muscle, it's going to get to a point where. It, you can't you can't really improve upon it anymore, mm-hmm. and then anything past that is only just going to damage it. Yep. Yeah, the body has limits. The body mm-hmm. has limits. Now, if you spend a lot of time, as Reddy pointed out, um, Dira, as you pointed out, just kind of on the physical, but you're not really focusing on whatever you know emotional state you're in, and that's a wreck. It's it's just almost like you're saying, Reddy. It's like a pressure system. Mm-hmm. Like so, if you you're putting all the pressure on one side, then something else has to give someplace else. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's that's just the law. That's how it goes. So when one side has not really been taken care of, it it's it's like squeezing a balloon. Is and so it's like you're going to get more pressure on one side, whatever. And eventually, you know, something something's got to give. It mm-hmm. always is something that's got to give. A lot of times, it's a very strong emotional outburst. That's where the aggression comes from. And then usually that's followed up with maybe something physical because mm-hmm. that's that's the main way... To get it, your emotions out. Yeah, to get your emotions <laughs> out. You're used to that, so it's muscle memory. Yeah. You know, but if you focus more on, say, the people that, that you um, aspire to be with or that you're interested in, in like kind of attaining versus it being something physical, it's like, okay, I'm going to focus on, say, my role models, like maybe an Albert Einstein or something like that. And you just put everything into, you know, say getting book knowledge, whether you're studying physics, math or whatever, you're that is where you're going to go. So you you may be a lot more um, intelligent in terms of, you know, maybe knowing concepts and gravitating to things. Mm -hmm. But again, there's there's like kind of three sides to this. So, you know, you have, you know, kind of your book smarts, you have your emotional well-being and understanding that. And if you if you're still tapped out of that. You know, it will essentially kind of lead you into a spiral because now you're, you know you're you're smart, but you're not you're not really utilizing everything else that's around you. So it's in a lot of ways it can back you into its own corner because it's emotional intelligence, which emotional a lot of people don't get. It's, it's to be in control and understanding your emotions. Others is the actual level of intelligence. You right. can't. We see this a lot when we have certain people that have learning disabilities, right, or autism and stuff like this. When they when they look at facial features, they can't tell if you're happy, sad. Or indifferent, they just it looks all the same. Mm-hmm. That's a level of certain a, emotional intelligence. When you can look at someone's face, you can say, "I'm crying," so damn, I must be sad. Understanding those concepts and or as, understanding as, the difference between a sad cry and a happy, happy cry. Because yeah, that happens when, when when that first happens to people. People are like, "Oh my god, it's real." But when it comes to males, where we're only where we use it, we, we're we're taught and told to be able to identify it, mm-hmm. but not to show it. So when you don't show it, it makes it harder to identify because you're so used to hiding it in yourself. You don't know how to use your own intelligence and your own brain itself to identify it in other people. Or if you do, you don't know how to address it because you're so used to muting your own emotions that mm. you start to forgetting how to deal with emotions in the correct way for other people. Think Knowing that other people have addressed and used emotions differently. And a point that you said earlier that I thought was so amazing that everyone always forgets is the brain is a giant fucking muscle. 
in every capacity it is fucking muscle right. and each aspect of your brain is just like a part of a muscle if if you don't if you leave your arm on the on the couch for like 8 hours and you don't move it what happens when you start moving it it's all, it feels all weird it may go dead mm-hmm. with your brain if you don't use things like um you don't use your memory often you start to realize my memory's starting to get a little bit worse because your brain needs that constant usage right and when it goes back to guys, we're told a lot of times don't you don't really need your brain. You just need to look good, be able to pick up heavy things, and be successful. So we start to we stop using certain aspects of our brain. So we we always use it as that that's a female based concept. Why should I cry? Why should I dress emotion? Why should I? I'm having a feeling right now. You know what? Just pack it inside. And when you start telling your brain that so often, this is why we start getting to these like high blood pressure because your brain is a muscle. It controls right. the rest of your body. If your brain can't handle what you're doing and what's going on in yourself, it finds physical ways to relieve some of its own stress. This and is why you get heart attacks. This is why people get brain aneurysms. It's because it's stress. Yeah. Your brain cannot handle it because you are not addressing it or you are not able to handle it. It goes back to the basic principles of, of physics. Energy isn't created or destroyed. <laughs> so... The emotion that you're having, that's a form of energy. Mm-hmm. If you're bottling it up, you're not destroying it, so it has to go somewhere. And then, as as Reddy explained, that can be manifested into other things: cancers, aneurysms. You know, right. multiple multiple medical conditions that are expressed are expressing that stress, that emotional buildup through other areas, as well as mental health. As well as mental, I mean, that's still that's the, it's mm-hmm. health. That's yeah. part of it's another expression of that energy. And everything that you were saying, Reddy to me, indicates and points to the same thing as well as you, Spence, as well, is points to what uh, Trevor Noah says that about the, the, the statement that he had was men are damaged by our perception of what a man is supposed to be. Mm. Right. So just like you were saying, we're taught that we're not supposed to feel these emotions. We're not supposed to cry. We're not supposed to, you know, we're supposed to be strong for our women, our children, our families, for everybody. Um, so that that perception... To me, I, I agree with that that 100%. And I'll take this a little bit personal, um, and I'll take it on two fronts. The first one that I want to say is, for me, a lot of times, because I, I, I'm very, I guess, in tune with my emotions and how I deal with them, and I, I do, or I did block them out and kind of held them in, I've learned to be more expressive and finding ways to express that in positive manners. But for me, it especially in relationships, if it, it made it hard for me to understand, as you were saying, to point... Like, why why are you upset about? Okay, you're upset. It's over. Why aren't you Why aren't you moving past this? Because, again, my perception is that's how I was taught to deal with emotions. So you why aren't do. you doing it that same way? It took some rethinking and understanding that yeah, everybody deals with emotions differently. They express it differently, and that doesn't make them wrong. That doesn't make you right. And so that that was just a, a learning process for me. And then the other aspect of it. Um, that I wanted to touch that I said that is personal as well is about going back to the physical thing. I got to my physical peak of strength, fitness, and working out after the passing of my mother. And to be honest with you, not until very recently coming up with the concept for this podcast, thinking about it, did I realize that's why I was at my peak at that point. I was masking my depression, my sadness, the loss of my mother, and I was pouring that into physical exercise. I was working out two times a day, two hours per session, and then doing abs in the morning, abs at night, running. Like I basically was doing 
so much physical stuff that I didn't have any time to think mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. I was just so physically tired. Literally running away from it. Yeah, I was li- yeah. Li- and that's exactly what I was, I was literally running away from it saying, well, I'm going to work this out. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to work through this. But at the end of the day, it didn't it didn't make me feel better. I felt physically better. Yes, my body was women were, you know, <laughs> like, hey, hey, your body, yeah, but at the end of the day, it did all of that didn't make me feel better. I still mm-hmm. was hurt. I was still sad. I was still dealing with it. Yeah, you you hadn't actually addressed you know, the core issue. And, and exactly. And so that's that's why I brought that up is that, at least for me, I had to get to the point where I had a match. And again, going to balance. Absol, you're a genius. Life's about balance. And I, I, I'm still learning. It's a daily process that we all will continually go through. I'm still learning how to balance, you know, my mental health, my emotional health, and my physical health. And getting that lined in together. I am a lot better, but it came with reflection in time. So I think that's something that we... As as men, just as as people in general, is that something that we all should work on? And again, like I said, I'm constantly working on it. I'm, shoot, if anybody has any tips on uh, continuing that growth, I'm all for it. Um, but I do want to segue this into the emotional availability because I also, at that time period, I also knew that I was very withdrawn from my family, from my friends. Like I said, I was just running away from those issues in every in every aspect I could. And so that emotional struggle that was. That was something very hard to deal with. Even growing up as growing up as a as a man, it just felt like I couldn't be sad. If I if I was sad, you know, I'm doing my brothers and my younger brothers injustice because they need to see a strong man. They need to see somebody that's not crying, that's not upset, that's that just whatever the issue is, he's stoic. He's even keel about it. He's, we're just gonna power through and figure out a solution. Mm-hmm. But is that really the best example? So what are some of the emotional struggles that you guys experienced or have seen from other uh, other men as a result of this idea that we we need to be strong? I think very similar. I, I think uh, particularly as, as black men, it's that's one thing that's really taught in terms of, you know, masking emotions, hiding emotion, um, not showing it. Particularly once you start going out a lot more, or you, you get to adolescence or you, you're start, you start to be around your peers more and you're in, you know, kind of in your teens and stuff and... That's when you see, if anything, more the like the bravado, uh, you know, masking the, it. Yeah. yeah, and another way of masking it, you know, like kind of peacocking, like I have to have you know the 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 newest or brightest thing on because that attention needs to be on me to my uh, physical appearance and and what I have on, but not necessarily traits that I have, like being charismatic or something like that. It's oh you know I'm I'm adorning myself with all all these things so that you will be attracted to the things that are around me the physical things that are around me, um, which may you know mask not really having a personality or something like that. Um, so I think when it comes to emotional intelligence, for me that's something that it, it's been like a trial and error process and something that I've had to get wisdom from something I've had to learn through a lot of mistakes I've made. Okay. That's, or at least meet someone who, who's emotionally intelligent to mirror what I'm doing back. So a lot of things, for example, that I would think would be a acceptable response to something when I'm upset is what I learned would be considered passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. And so it won't necessarily be, I'm jumping in someone's face, but I may make a comment or or I'll do something petty that indicates that I'm upset about something without saying or addressing what the issue is mm-hmm. in actuality. I'm you know I'm mad about this and now I'm I may start, you know, picking at you about something completely separate from that. But what I'm upset about is is what kind of is the catalyst. So I I'll have to find something else to, you know, to um to pick at you for. Another thing is too is um I know like 
with my family and just a bunch of my friends. Like I've always grown up when people are just always just kind of cracking jokes and just mm-hmm. like Wrecking all day. Just just dissing each other. Like I am so used to just people just going back and forth and it's like I gotta find something about you to make fun of. Like it doesn't matter what it is, like, but we always have to have a back and forth. So I I'll go back and forth with my friends, go back and forth with my cousins. Jones and all day. All, all day. day. <laughs> on the on you know, on the bus, you know, on the playground, wherever, like whenever, Even when wherever. You're kicking it, it's just all day, just oh, going. Oh, jokes are jokes yeah. are flying. So it's constantly being on playing defensive versus offensive, you know, so you're always kind of watching your back. Say, all right, let me not act uh, up. So give somebody else something exactly. to make I'll, fun of. Ammunition, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't want to give anyone else any ammunition against you. But at the same time, you are also always paying, looking. Hi, you're hyper vigilant <laughs> about what them. everyone else is doing, yeah. just so you can get them. Just that mental check note. Okay. Oh, he's 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 wearing some fucked up jays right now. I'm mental check note. Well, if, if he get on me, oh, I can't <laughs> wait. It's gonna go start there. Yeah. It's it's a great I, thing about the male culture because I mean it's, it's great, but it's also awful because I mean like I grew up in it all day. Like me and my brothers, we used to clown on each other. Me and my friends used to clown on each other because that's what guys do. It most of the time it's it's always light ribbing. It's like I'm just fucking with you, but having fun. But yeah. behind every statement. Is some glimmer of truth. Yeah, <laughs> it, it oh, doesn't course. matter what you said. There's some glimmer of truth, and that's how real me- most men, even like grown, I, I see this in old men, like old t- 60, 70, mm-hmm. 80 and above. Mm-hmm. That's how they express their emotions to each other. Is a little bit of light ribbon, heart, um, you know, getting at you. You know, yeah. I'm but like, bro, your hairline really looking like that right now, and it could, it, it really could mean mm-hmm. you, it's, it's on point, but it's just me messing with you as a friend. Yeah, but that's also how guys get that a little bit more of that. "Quote unquote shell." That's what I was gonna because say. Because you have to get used to it from your friends and family. So when other people say, it, because let's be real, in society, guys always get the tough ends of the deals a lot of times. The deals when it comes to just in, in general, you can't have a soft exterior. You gotta let it. You gotta let things flow off like water. So when you're there with your friends and they're getting on your family, getting on you, you get in that initial development of that shell that unfortunately damages us as well as helps us a lot because we start to close ourselves off emotionally like you said Spence making sure that I'm always on point so that when you do fall a lot of times most people don't want to show it most guys specifically don't want to show it because they know what's happening next they know it's going to be the lectures they know it's going to be all the oh my god I can't I, I don't need this right now and that's what you're saying I need I need support right now you can get at me later but you know when it comes to males I have to get you first talk hella shit and then I'm going to help you Yeah. but that's one of our biggest problems is because as males, when we know that's coming, a lot of times instead of going out for getting that help, we're just like, you know what, fuck it, I can handle this myself. To so a lot of times where it may get too too bad, where you you have to get help and, it, and it's worse than, or where the whole situation could have been easier if you could have sucked up some of your emotions that you didn't want to address, but technically you were, you just didn't realize you were in a different way. So then you address it, and now it's you went through a hard period that could have been easier if you would have let your ego go a little bit, mm-hmm. let your shell down a little bit, and get that help. But that's what media and society tells a man should be, but it's also our biggest weakness. One thing that I thought about, again, in preparation for this podcast, I wanted to say is when I was thinking about the emotional aspect, and especially it, it also sparked um, the idea, again, when you, when you were talking about how being passive-aggressive, things of that nature, is for, I noticed in a lot of males, even in myself, is there's times when somebody makes you upset. Somebody yeah. makes you mad, but we don't say it. I'm and cool. and and I don't want to even say. And, and I I kind of even want to take out male. And I I kind of feel like I I see this in society that people don't want to say how they feel. It's all right to be 
it's a right to be mad about something. Even if if Reddy said today he didn't want to do the podcast, it's a right for me to say, yo, that kind of hurt me, even though he did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, he has no obligation to do it. He has, like, he's his own man. He can do, if he want to do it, he do it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But for me putting all this time and all this effort and all this stuff into it, I can say, I should be, I should feel the, feel, feel the freedom to say, hey, Reddy, it's fine that you didn't come because you, I can't make you. But that really upset me, and this is why. But we don't like we're, we're afraid to tell people how we feel because and I, we're told it not doesn't to make be confrontational. Sense. No, but no, I get that. But it to me, it like it doesn't make sense. Just think about that. Right, right. Just like just think about why would why you not address why it? would you not even if you don't say nothing back, even if you say I, it doesn't matter. You know now, so there's no question on your end of what is he feeling. You know what I'm saying? We don't like to accept that both things can be true at the same time. Ready can be, you know, not have to, you know, do what he needs to do and, you know, not show up. And you can also be mad about that. Like, both things, like, it doesn't... They're not exclusive. They're not not exclusive at all. They can live in the same space and both be true. Right. Absolutely. But as as the the thing I've been... You you see more and more with males is we like to believe one unilateral truth. That this is the only way that's right because that's what we understand where... That's where we get a lot of our stubbornness from. Not even, again, like D-Ray said, I don't even think that's just man. I think that's mankind, mm-hmm. where we have one viewpoint, like two plus two is four. We would never believe in any other concept that two plus two could equal anything else. Even if you show us extra information, it's because we're so stubborn, like this is how it has to be, because this is what I understand. Especially when we don't fully understand the concept of something, we don't want to. We we get we get to the we point get defensive. where we get the yeah we get defensive like no no and and we think about that a lot when we, when I'll say this and I'll get a little bit you know political quick one second when we get politics or religion mm. when someone comes to your door let's say like the Jehovah Witnesses they they're giving you their opinion your but for you both of those opinions can be true Jehovah Witnesses believe what they believe you believe what you believe mm. but we're always so confrontational we're like no you're wrong you're going to hell but then a lot of what you're saying is against what you were taught and mm. same thing with politics where. A Republican and Democrat could want the same exact thing, and they both have two different policies to do that are almost exactly the same thing, but the other one will always fight the other one just because you aren't on my side. Right. It's because what happens a lot of times when you, when you bring up like that concept of just like basic addition, you know, two plus two equals four, if someone were to tell you otherwise, you would feel like that was an indictment on you. Like you're, I'm you're, stupid. yeah, you're like my court. You're attacking my personal beliefs, and my personal beliefs are sacred. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I will get defensive and emotionally attacked, and that's exactly what happens with any discussion around religion and politics. Yep. But which is why the conversation usually doesn't go it's very well. Yeah. yeah, but isn't doesn't that point back to insecurity? Oh, because absolutely, absolutely. At least for me, and. It, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Like. Because for me, like I said, we have conversation on this podcast all the time. And I don't agree with everything that everybody on the podcast says, but that doesn't mean I don't valid or, or take their points as being valid. I might not agree with it, but it's their point. I don't need to agree with it. <laughs> like, it, it, it your, I don't need your, like, my opinion is my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't need anybody's consensus to say that my opinion should be my opinion. No, right. it's mine. Like, but, my top 10 list is my top 10 list. Your top 10 is your top 10 list. I can't tell you your top 10 list is better or worse than mine. It ain't mine. But <laughs> like, for some reason, people ha- want to have this notion like opinion is fact. So if I mm-hmm. say right now, Biggie is the best rapper that's ever lived, that will ever live, that could ever be alive, that may be a fact to me, but in the general successes of society, that's, that's an opinion. opinion. Yeah, And your opinion could be 
Tupac is better. And if we are going to be a rational society that actually gets further in life, we have to be like, I, you like Tupac? I like Biggie. What's up? Why do you like him? And have that discussion yeah, instead yeah. of going, you know what? Fuck you, bro. He's, he ain't shit. Mm-hmm. That instant anger, like we talked yeah. about, it's the emotion that we like it's to go easy, to. It's, it's easy, the easiest emotion, emotion to. You, you don't need to have any rhyme or reason to be angry. You can just be angry. But when you want to have an intelligent conversation that requires intrigue or inquisitiveness, these other emotions that people don't even have a concept of, it's a lot more difficult. Yeah. It's, it's ve- new. Yeah. People have a very hard time separating their emotion when they are attached to a certain concept or, or whatever. So it, it, particularly when it comes to anything like we're sports, whatever, we're very tribal. Same thing <laughs> with music. Yeah. And, you know, for the exact reason of, of why someone, you know, feels really strongly about Biggie versus someone feels strongly about Pac. If they grew up on music, they're at certain songs, certain you know, experiences, whatever. Like they remember where they're at when they heard certain song and there that, is that an emotional connection. So when you say something like that, it sounds like uh, once again an attack okay, on yeah. them and and a statement about them and it doesn't reflect well on them. And that that's usually when the ego drops in and says, Hey, you know, you can't you can't say that about me. I am X, Y, and Z. And to me that kind of goes back to what D Ray said that insecurities and I think that's one of the emotions or the concepts of mankind that we don't like to address. Where you you everyone wants to say, Yo, I'm perfect, especially when we think about Twitter and all these you know our social media. I have to be perfect. Yeah. But you, you, every I've talked to so many women where everyone knows, like, hey, this is my good side. Why? Well, because I have this tiny little mole right here on the left side that you know don't need to be seen. It's the insecurity mm-hmm. that now she believes that she's not as pretty because of that one thing, or the concept of I know me who I am. I'm a talkative person, and if I would have insecurities about talking, that may make me talk less, or it can make me talk more. But I would never address it because addressing it makes me uncomfortable, and we don't like to be uncomfortable in addressing insecurities from looks physical to emotional to psychological makes a person uncomfortable so we try to avoid it but the greatest change comes when you're uncomfortable goddamn right so we have to as greg popovich said bringing the tiniest back to sports we have to have uncomfortable conversations come back next friday to hear the conclusion of this stay woke podcast episode definitely come back and take a listen for that we drop a new episode every friday so subscribe on apple podcast or our youtube channel the sonic breakdown or follow us on SoundCloud. And you know our motto, live, listen to some great music, and above all, love more. We out.